This is a podcast about just opinions. Hey, yo, this is what it is. This is what I think. We all have kind of outlandish takes. Like, don't at me. If there's other free-form stuff that comes with it, we cover that, too. Hey, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. Don't at me. Episode 36. I remember it was uh, 35 or 36. Chance told me it was 36. It's 36. Three, six, I, believe, muffin, I, yeah? I believe you, man. I believe you. So, got myself, Mike Silva, of course. We got Chance in the house. Chance, what's up? What's cracking, like Ann? How y'all doing? Jock in the car, as usual. But is it just in park, always? Yeah. What if, wouldn't that be fun if it wasn't? You just see the steering wheel and the camera yeah. shaking every now and then? Yeah, you know. <laughs> just driving riding around. And riding. <laughs> we got a guest with us, too. We got Brandon Scott in the house. Brandon, what's up? What up, fellas? Good to see y'all finally. Uh, you know, we've been following y'all work, enjoying what y'all doing. Glad to be with the Don't At Me audience and everybody. So good to be here, man. For sure, man. We were talking uh, earlier about kind of like the beginning. Like, we go way back with, with podcasts. Like, 2010, we were working at Sam Houston, you know, the Houstonian Sports Show, recording a podcast about Sam Houston sports that was like the beginning of podcast days, you know? And now look look where it is. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's like we we figured it out, man. And this is like you said, it's been 10 years in the making and it's just changed so much, man. Because back then, like like podcast was still kind of a novelty at the time. And now just like before we even started the show, we were talking about how now podcast is almost like it's even oversaturated and you're fighting for those for those ears and for those listeners and, and, and for that audience. Whereas you know, before it was like, hey, look at this, look at this cool thing we're doing, this podcast shit, you know, it was like, it's like a cool little novelty. So like we, we progressed, man, 10 years later where it's like, you know, now we've seen the whole thing like evolve, man. It's really crazy too when you see like the format and how much that's changed. I mean, you've had, um, the original ones are just kind of like that free form, just people talking around the horn. Then you see that evolve a little bit more to, you know, you'll have some that are serial, like like the podcast serial that are like a series or you'll see like seasons and it's cool, man. Like I, I like that, uh, you know, that they're becoming more and more podcasts. I wish it wasn't as saturated so we could stand out more, but you know, I do appreciate the medium you, I know you running your own podcast right now too. So might as well give you plugs in there now. Oh yeah, man. It's the B block podcast, man. You can find that on Spotify, Apple, on Buzzsprout. Follow me at Brandon K. Scott. Uh, on Twitter, and you can follow me on Instagram at B Scott from Hiram Clark. I'm posting pretty much everything there, man. And I pretty much go through pretty much the same stuff that y'all do. Is pretty much uh, focused on sports for the most part, uh, since that's what I do primarily. Uh, man, we might talk about anything in there. So, man, it's just a it's just a good free form. I'm kind of like you, man. Just love to see how the podcast has have evolved, man. I do I do the the, the free form uh, like hosting type of thing, but you talk about serial, you talk about uh like like podcasts that, that focus on TV shows specifically, um, that 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 focus on specific stories. Like there was a cool one that did that did one of like the, the Biggie and Pac murders. There was a cool last one about the wire that I listened to. So I mean it's all kind of different shit that you can get out there on, man. But uh but yeah, man, I'm just I'm on the B block right now, man. So y'all can catch me right there. Yeah, hell yeah. 
like to collab always, obviously, and always good to have you on. <clears throat> but it uh, sounds like I'm closing the podcast, just the beginning. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started, man. Uh, we got plenty of shit to talk about. We really do. We really do. And I mean, it's, it's kind of all over the place. But, you know, starting out with our segment with earlier, we talk about uh, current events and things that have happened in the last week or so. First thing that I remember caught my eye, of course, kind of apropos to what's going on right now with the Times, the show Cops, canceled, canned. Bad boys! So I'll go ahead and share the screen real quick, read through this uh, quick article. I saw this on New York Times. Cops, long-running reality show that glorified police is canceled. Um, Can y'all see the screen? Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, I can't do that anymore, right? Um, Cops is no longer. Paramount Network confirmed on Tuesday that it had removed the reality show from its schedule as protests nationwide call for police reform. Late last month, the network had temporarily temporarily cut the show from its schedule. So I don't, I mean, I don't know where y'all stand on Cops as a whole. I really was never much of a viewer anyway. I mean, it's I guess you, the show when it comes on, I don't mind stopping by and like watching a couple minutes of it. But I don't know. I was never big on the show anyway. Where y'all stand on it? Um, I guess I'll take it first. Uh, I I like Cops, the show. Uh, runs actually back me. It takes me back to like a bunch of memories and shit. Cause I remember sitting at my aunt Doris' house like every day, like six o'clock, right after like the Simpsons went off or some shit on Fox, and Cops would come on. It was like, bad boys, what you gonna, you know what I'm saying? But, um, and it was always funny to me because, like, most of the people, like, that was on Cops, that was, like, getting arrested and shit like that were, like, cracky, methy white people and shit. So it was always funny to, like, see them, like, run. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's always a crackhead. It's never, like, a real crime going on on Cops. It's always a crackhead and shit. You know what I'm saying? True. And so, like, the motherfuckers, they got to run and shit, got a hot fence and stuff like that. Like, that's just crazy. And to see the cameraman do that shit right behind the cops, oh, I was know. Always like, I always want to be like a cops cameraman. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I would imagine that those guys would be like way more in shape than the cops. Because like, not only do they have to like run and shit and keep up with these motherfuckers, but they got to carry this big ass fucking camera, all kind of shit. I mean, that would just be amazing. Too. Yeah. And this one episode of cops, I actually see this the one cameraman. Uh, he like tripped a, a suspect that like ran by him, yeah. like to like catch him. I guess he wasn't trying to run, you know what I'm saying? So he like tripped him, and the cops like you know they hemmed him up and all that good stuff like that. So that actually got me wondering: was I wonder if those cameramen were actually cops too, and if the, if they were like not just a part of like Fox, you know what I'm saying? I wonder if that show was actually not only like you know focusing on cops and their duties and every day but i think that like the whole crew and everything was it actually cops because who else would fucking do that not your average cameraman right right yeah we see brandon and i know working with some cameramen and not in shape like that most of them hell no wobbly round yo hey but I, i do know some cameramen I was gonna say I do know some cameramen that get after it though. Some that's in the news, you know what I'm saying? They'll they'll damn near hit you in the head with that, that damn camera if you if you uh, if you get in their way, man. I know some pretty determined cameramen. Uh, so I don't know, but that's that's an interesting theory though. If the if the cameraman was cops too, 
that'd be a hell of a way to for, for the government to be spending money to be making uh to make cameraman cops man I, that would be that would be that shit would be hilarious i wouldn't be surprised jog would you be surprised if that was the case no i wouldn't either um as far as the show i don't have no comments on it i never really watched cops like that you know so i heard about it but i never just like was sitting like and watching that shit religiously you know yeah it was never something that I'd like seek out to watch, but like when it came on, like if I walked by and somebody just had it on, I would always like just kind of watch for a minute. Cause like, Chance, like you said, like they're just always like, and then like the, it's always a crackhead, always somebody that's just like doing stupid shit. They're always, yeah, it's always dumb shit. Always guilty too. <laughs> like clearly guilty. But uh, let me skip this bullshit ad. Who can, uh, how can you Yo. not like this though? At least though. You said what? Huh? Yeah, I guess the shit can't hear. I can't hear that shit. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> what is it, bad boys? Yeah, <laughs> 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 <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they be tearing their ass up. I don't see him. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm gonna miss that shit. Hey, hey, you know, watch that highlight. I'm like, man, actually, what's coming? <laughs> hey, but that you shit know, was great. The thing, the thing that worked, the thing that I think worked about cops, and that could still work about it, is that it's a hot mess. And everybody like to watch a hot mess, man. Yes, like, dude. like when we see, and, and how many, how many episodes of Cops do you remember? You know, they would have to blur it out because it wasn't on like HBO or some shit. But how many episodes do you remember where like people would end up naked or yeah. like they asked or or something would end up showing or something like that? And it would just, it would just be hilarious to 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 kind of just uh, uh, like observe the moment, you know. So that's that's why it worked. But you see why they had to kind of go away from it too with everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think too. We kind of lived in the glory days of it, uh, like because I mean, when I like I said, you know, back on when, you know, the Simpsons would go off and that shit would come on, whatever. That was like the '90s, and like I guess it was just like a product of the time, or whatever. That's what I was just gonna say, shit, man. That shit was exciting then for some reason. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what it was, man, but like I remember, I remember one of the last times I actually like, well, that shit was like on, like where it was like actually like cops on like TV, this was about yeah. 10, maybe 12 years ago. Uh, I was at a, a bar at Fox Hollow on, off Washington. It's not on Washington, it's like off Washington or whatever. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Um, I was at Fox Hollow and it was at, I was at um, Adam's show, my friend Adam, he was, he was rapping at the time or whatever. And he was like uh, opening for ESG. And if anyone out there who knows who ESG is, he's a, you know, uh, you know Houston rapper, SUC or whatever. But he usually just freestyles, right? Like, like he's he's one of the freestyle kings. So during the like opening of the show, we kind of just sitting there at the bar, chilling with ESG, watching cops, <laughs> like we're watching cops or whatever. But he's just like talking to us or whatever. We were really not paying attention. And so he like he hit the stage and like everybody, all oh, right, it's ESG, blah, everybody. Yeah. He just comes and freestyles everything that was going on. 
in like where he was at, like in Fox Hollow. So he was like, "Yo, I'm chilling with that nigga Chance." That's like, what they like, used to always do. That they would just narrate what was happening around. He's like, "That dude's in the chair." Yeah, over there, over there. Yeah, absolute fair for so so he's like ran out of shit to talk about in the, uh, the people around, right? But cops was still on. So he started rapping about everything that was going on on cops. He was just like, oh, the nigga That's got the That's a YouTube crack. series right there. Dude, I'm telling you, man, you it was that perfect. It was fucking perfect. I was like, this nigga's the coldest nigga ever, bro. Like, he is. Like, it's just that. I mean, he freestyled the whole scene. Like, oh, he, I, I even think he predicted some shit. You know what I'm saying? It was like, he under the mattress or some shit like that. It was crazy, dude. But, like, that was one of the, I mean, it was one of the greatest times I've ever, like, you know, witnessed cops. I started to have to cops. I do remember, uh, like you were saying, like, it was very iconic of the 90s. You know, like, right. it was like, everything we just saw right there, I was like, that is so 90s. Hey, hey. I mean, like, you had such minimal concerns then in the 90s, like, People worried about AIDS, like just strap up, you know. And I mean, there was a lot of bad shit going on. You had, you know, a lot of the same things that are going on now. Obviously, you know, Rodney King, right. like that. But as far as like the mass public, you didn't have fucking coronavirus, you know, uh, all this kind of crazy shit. Social media, you know, just like simpler times. Yeah, yeah. That's the main. Every everybody didn't have an opinion back then to even speak on. Those type of things, you know, like, yeah. oh, why are we glorifying cops? You know what I mean? We didn't like, have a platform to just yeah. bitch about stuff. I mean, because all yeah. you had was television programming. You know, you had what they gave you. You know, now nowadays, you know, we can watch whatever it is we want to watch or whatever. You know, then it was block scheduling for, you know, you got an hour blocked off for cops. Oh, it was great. I, I did see yeah. also that they, uh, you know, hey, live PD. They did not or did cancel live they PD? Did. They did. They did cancel live PD as well. Brandon, what Brandon, what were you about to say? Nah, I was just gonna I was just gonna point out like like we, we we probably should note that they they probably being a little fake about the whole, you know, we're canceling it because of the climate thing. Like we're talking about how cops was nostalgic to the nineties. The thing about it is, is just that it don't do the same numbers that it used to do. It's right. It just it just got to be played out after a while. Like it does half. If you look up, it does half the numbers that uh. What's what's the pawn shop show? Uh, pawn stop. Uh, pawn stop. Pawn stop. Yeah, it does. It does. It does like half the numbers of that. So like it, it's it, it's part. It's partly because of of what they say it is, but it's also because of the fact that it's really kind of a relic and it's not something that people even really watching. Right, that should be going on for like thirty years anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we could just go to like say, police activity on the YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was I was gonna say, speaking of the nineties and everything, since we're t- talking about like nostalgia, like what's going on with Nickelodeon? Like, <laughs> what is going on with Nickelodeon? Y'all put no, me. Like, on, I'm I'm behind on this, but this is good like, either, like topic. From what I yeah, from what I heard, the owner had like a foot fetish for like little kids or something like that. I don't know. Chance, man, maybe y'all know. You know what I mean? But I saw that and I, I kind of like, was like, hmm, you know, because we always watch fetish? Like, yeah, foot fetish, yeah. You know, I heard and, something and, about and this. It's a foot. Oh. It's a foot. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. So you, you're talking about the the thing about the uh, the foot that was on the at the Nickelodeon Studios thing? All yeah. right. So that foot 
actually it so it took me a while to kind of figure that out because the meme was kind of so vague or whatever but the foot actually looks like a dick so it's like oh nickelodeon is on this shit you know what i'm saying it's like oh okay well yeah spongebob is gay what? <laughs> huh? Oh, I, I was the yeah. lot was going on. I did hear about they did like come out with SpongeBob. I did hear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were saying something right. about a dick and what? I'm catching <laughs> so at Nickelodeon Studios at uh you know back in the nineties when they used to have like the big place or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, one, like over the one of the signs where it says Nickelodeon in orange, it's like a foot or whatever. Right. It's like a random foot, you know, like a little splat shit. But um, I forgot what the exact meme said, but it's like, oh, it's like how we didn't know Nickelodeon wasn't on this shit. Yeah, I you think that they that. were re- referring to uh, to like, uh, you know, like that that foot was actually shaped like a dick. It was phallic shaped. <laughs> you know what uh, I'm okay. saying? Okay. So, yeah, I don't think it has nothing to do with a foot fetish, but I think it has to do with like a dick fetish. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of random. Um, <laughs> but honestly, you know, like speaking of that, I'm not really surprised, man. Like a lot of shit we grew up on watching was was bad for us to watch, like Disney and all that shit. Like it was always like little signs about sexual shit and stuff. We just was too young to like realize it, you know. Remember, uh, like Rocco's Modern Life. Like, we we can go back now and look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's just crazy. But I, but I don't see how are people not surprised bro, about SpongeBob's uh, gayness. Fucking, uh, yeah, I thought that was no. I thought that was Miley no. Yeah, about which I'm not really surprised. I mean, we we we're we're in 2020, right? Too. So also, like, it's a new age. You know what I'm saying? Something like nothing surprises me anymore about anything. It can be dinosaurs tomorrow, like that roaming Earth again and shit. Like I wouldn't be surprised enough. So they did, uh, they did look come out with this whole CNN. Here's a CNN article on it SpongeBob SquarePants, gay. Get out of here, ads. Just Nickelodeon just reinforced the theory. So SpongeBob and Patrick in a scene from their series. (laughs) Okay, anyway, uh, there's been a long debate about the sexuality of SpongeBob, and some are taking a Nickelodeon tweet as his coming out. Celebrating hashtag pride with the LGBTQ plus community and their allies this month and every month. They put, uh, I don't know who these people are, but next to them, SpongeBob. And then, uh, yeah. Speaking of SpongeBob, I mean, started trending. Yeah, so, Captain Planet and. Captain Planet's gay? Wait, what was that? No, so yeah, Captain Planet, uh, uh, Carmen San Diego's theories about them being gay too. Huh. Carmen San Diego. I don't know if I remember her. Carmen San Diego? She was like barely in the show. Don't they were trying to like find that bitch? Where in the <laughs> yeah. fuck is Carmen San Diego? That's where she was. She ran away. She was like hiding it or something. Scissoring and shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the uh the SpongeBob gay thing though. Like I mean we all thought it, but like I, I mean <laughs> I don't know. They're gonna start talking on the show, like, "Hey, he's gay." Like, you know, probably they're gonna be, yeah. But honestly, like, because I mean, I really me don't feel words. like. Sorry, go ahead, Jack. I'll say like, let, let me watch some words, but like, I don't because okay, Netflix, right? For like, you know, we all watch Netflix, and it's a lot of gay things on Netflix that's kind of like thrown at you. 
you know, like every little thing I feel. And so I think, honestly, even with cartoons, they're going to start getting into that more with SpongeBob. That's going to be the catalyst for it. Where, like, they're going to be saying gay shit. Oh, my, you know, my boyfriend and right. this and that. Because, like, it's become so, like, norm now like, with everything, you know. And, you know, like I said, 2020, man, it's, it's a new new age, you know. It's, a, it's like a delicate topic because – I feel like most shows just don't talk about sexuality at all. Like that's, that's a fine solution to me, especially if they're kids shows, you know, let them find that out on their own. Let them talk at school and figure that stuff out, you know, like learn how we learned it, you know, like we didn't really like learn all this stuff because TV shows are forcing it down our throats. You know, it's not like, Oh, we're heterosexual males because shows made us that way. It's just, you know, I, and I don't know, anything about the science behind all that. So I won't even pretend to get into, you know, whether it's nature or nurture, but I just find it strange that shows are making a concerted effort to talk about gender and identity and all of that period. Like I understand that the default is, you know, heterosexual Americans, whatever. And like, I mean, I get if they want to challenge like, Hey, let's have diversity. But I feel like when you start, specifically drawing attention to that it kind of takes away like that should be something going on in the background it alienates people too and it takes away like what's really going on on the show like kids aren't paying attention to that if you start saying like hey Spongebob is gay now then they're gonna say what's gay like you know now because they're so innocent yeah they're so innocent they don't know what's what and so I feel like yeah that's what I was gonna say too Mike I'm glad you brought that up but they should stick away from like talking about any of that for like little kids. You know what I'm saying? Just keep it pure, like what it's supposed to be. You know. Uh, Brandon, where you at on that? Because you're a father, so yeah. So, so I, I actually look at it at, from a from a different view as as if what they're trying to do is actually like reach out to the adults because like the kids actually don't really fully understand that, and as long as the shows aren't really like these are fictional characters. You don't even know if if SpongeBob, because it's a sponge. You don't even know if SpongeBob is a boy or a girl. Like 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 it's Bob, so you assume that it's a boy, but it's actually a sponge. So like even the notion of a of sexuality for a sponge is ridiculous on his face to begin with. Right. But but right. then when you go beyond that, I think what they're actually trying to do is reach out to to the adults and. And 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 in in some ways, perhaps pander to a particular audience. I think that's that's part of what it is, because at the same time, like I kind of already figured SpongeBob was gay just based off of how the character is written and acted and played. So 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 it's actually already implied, um, and and the kids are are actually a little too young to fully understand that. But I think their innocence kind of protects them from whatever the concerns are for the adult for the for the adults. And then from there is for the adults to go and have the conversation. So I don't I don't actually think that they're targeting the kids since the kids don't fully understand. They can just kind of look at the character and kind of just decide for themselves what the character is. And maybe it's not until they look back and they understand sexuality and gay people and straight people and just what the difference is, where they look back and be like, Oh, you damn sure right. SpongeBob was gay, but for now, like I can tell you, like I got a five-year-old downstairs who can't tell you. I mean, he couldn't tell you if SpongeBob was gay or what that means or anything like that. Now, my my ten-year-old, my ten-year-old kind of understands it, but she's at a point now where she's already been raised and taught and, and talked to 
And so we're like, she can kind of handle it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Whereas the more innocent one, he doesn't really know one way or the other. And then it's kind of my job to be the one to, to say, hey, this is what this is what it is, what it's not. Right. Well, with that conversation, it's like, when when do you even start to care when you're a kid? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I mean, when, all right, with the shit nowadays, like you were saying, Jock, with this kind of being, you know, um, I don't know, like put right in front of our face, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not a guessing game or anything like that. What does that really do for people? Or like, what is that, you know, like, uh, I don't know, how does that translate into like real life? Like, who cares? Right. Well, and I get like, I, I understand the other angle. Like, if you're going to do a tweet like that and, you know, kind of like a, you know, like a tip at the hat, like, hey, SpongeBob's gay. That's perfectly fine. I mean, even if they say like, hey, if anybody asks, SpongeBob's gay, whatever, that's fine. But I, what I hope doesn't happen is them try to force any agenda down somebody's throat. And I mean, I get, look, the default. Again, let's try to shake up the default. Let's see more diversity in what the default is and goes. I mean, the default is typically what? Uh, married, white family with a boy and a, and a daughter, a son and a daughter, right? right? So I get like, hey, let's try to shake that up. Let's do something different. But again, like let people create their own path, you know, learn their own yeah. way instead of like, hey, let me force this down your throat. I've, I've never been a fan of like, here's what my narrative is. I'm pushing it on you. It's more of like, here's some shit I think. You're welcome to think whatever you want to think. It's open for interpretation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because like, honestly, guys, like in my opinion, I feel like Netflix is kind of doing it already. Yes. Like, yeah, they have a certain agenda. They're trying to, like, force down people's throat because, like I said, I don't give a fuck what you are. You know what I mean? Like, like I, what you like, like, cool, like, as long as you're happy. But I notice every show that I watch on Netflix, they always have to throw some some stuff in there. You know what I mean? Like, every single show that I watch, you know? And so I'm like, you know, why are they doing that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I know, I think I know why in my, my head, but I'm like, you know, you don't have to, like, do that to like try to convey your message you know i feel like words is like force what is the message yeah so you know like 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 gays were equal and everybody but i feel like it's kind of already at that point though you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. so you don't have to like keep forcing stuff you know when i feel like it's almost like well brandon you were gonna say something i'll let you go first then i got i'll uh, i'll gather my thoughts no, nah, I was gonna say, man, it's it's hard for me to identify with just because, like, for me, it's like it's not even something that I would think about. But I think I think the point that they're trying to make is is like representation, like you, yeah. like I'm, I guess sort of sort of the same sentiment that that a lot of black people felt when when Black Panther came out, and it was like, you know, fuck whether you kept kept up with the Marvel. There was a lot of people who didn't watch the Marvel movies who went to go watch Black Panther just because they wanted to go see the black superhero. Right. Now, right. now it's hard for me with a straight face to be like Black Panther and the representation in that is equal to SpongeBob and right. you know, and, 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 you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, like I'm trying to picture even if I was gay, if that would even be the representation that I would be looking for, right. but. But but nonetheless, I guess that's what they're what they're what they're trying to go for. Right. Uh, but 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 at the same time, I mean, it, it is a it is a delicate balance because you got to I mean, I mean, you, you got to you got a wide ranging audience. And so it's like you got to ultimately decide, like, who it is 
that that you're talking to. Like, I think that to some degree, like there are some good intentions, and to to a large degree, there is some pandering there as well. Because right. like I, I see what Jock sees as well. Like, like I'm all for representation, but it does seem like like I have seen shows where it seems like a gay character may have been forced, or they yeah. feel like they just did it just to do it or to fill a quota. Um, right, right, and, right. Like, and like and like even as a black person, I'm like. Hey, if this show, like, if you got a show where a black person just don't fit in, don't force a black person into the show, you know, right, or right, right. And it's sort of the, sort of the same <laughs> like thing. Like, Bang Theory. <laughs> it's like, exactly, like, like, where were we supposed to get into that show, man? You know, like, you know, that's always been where I've stood, too, right? I mean, if the show, look, I get representation 100%. I also understand that humans, we like customization. We like things that are tailored to us if you get an email that's like a blast you're like man delete this i don't feel special or if you get a mass text you don't feel special so you know shows have a niche audience a target audience you have you know people tend to assimilate they do they just do look like anytime i go to a group like all right who's cool like who do i get down with like that's the kind of people listen to music i listen to you know the people that i you know, with common interests, right? So, you know, like, you're going to have to target that show, create, you know, hear the people that look like you, that act like you, that that are like you, because that's what the show is about. You want to just blend into the show, you know? So I'm all about, like, hey, this show has a very specific audience. You don't have to force people that don't fit into the show you know, and again, I'm not making this point about SpongeBob or anything like that, but right, right. Point, like if you're going to have a show, like just let it be, you know, like exactly. Right. I don't know. It's it's they had like a gay Jesus show on Netflix, you know, so, if, you know, like you said, like you yeah. just it, yeah, they did. They it, it took it off. But like it's I'm like, dang, like they. You know, like yeah, I gotta get off Netflix. Period. <laughs> doesn't need to be, you know what I mean? So I'm like, well, man, it just, it just... <laughs> it's a couple of things too, because I think like you know, you have your shows that are have a have a niche audience. You know, if you're like, hey, I'm I'm you know an Indian guy and I love playing video games. If there's a show that has you know Indian guys playing video games, you know, you're like, hey, that's just like my crew. Like I like that show. If they're like, hey, we need more representation and they just force different people that don't kind of fit that dynamic, like it, it doesn't really it doesn't work, you know, and it's phony and it's it's forced, it's pandering, right. like you said, and yeah, it's it checking is. a box, you know. And I think this kind of comes back to like the what I'll call like the Jonah Hill dynamic, where like they they cast him, typecasted as funny fat guy. And the whole movie, he's pointing at himself like, hey, look at me, I'm funny and I'm fat. You know, hey, look at me. Same thing with, like, Melissa McCarthy. You know, the funny right. fat girl. Hey, I'm fat and I'm funny. It's like... Rebel Wilson. It's, I'm yeah, funny, I'm it's, fat, it's I'm British. Kind of, it's almost kind it's of... Um, uh, like, exploitation to a certain extent, you know? So, I mean, that's what bothers me is I feel like at some point they're exploiting people when they're trying to say, hey, we're representing everybody. I don't... People screw up the message and what their intentions are all the time. But, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it just kind of goes with, I mean, nowadays with popularity, you know, uh, also um, too, because like these shows, 
like like you said, they'll they'll cast them to like okay, here's a perfect example. Like the Watchmen TV show. Yeah. Which is great, you know what I'm saying? Great cool. TV show, great message, everything like that. But it's like, okay, well you kinda you kinda switched up the writing of the of the the comics to fit into this yeah. particular part of you know of time to kind of pander to like a particular group of people in this case black people you know it's like do a lot of black people even know about Watchmen? not really <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like are they gonna watch it on the strength that it's a black child no because they don't even know the property you know what i'm saying it's a good point yeah so that's why that shit got canceled. Didn't that shit get canceled or something? They didn't really I mean, renew after like it. A season? I, yeah, yeah, they didn't, they didn't renew, renew it. it. They were like, because they try to save face, like, oh, it was a limited release. We're like, mm, I know what that means. It's like, nah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you guys, y'all fucking greenlight, you greenlit 13 episodes or whatever like that. It didn't work out for you. It didn't get the numbers you wanted because you were literally pandering to a certain group yeah. to include them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought I thought Watchmen was was well acted, but but not well written at all, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like, like, I respected the performances, like, and 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 there, it it has some moments, man. But but for the most part, it was like left and right. I was just like, what the heck? You know, what the what the heck? Yeah, the concept, the story was really weird, and like you said, like it was kind of. I mean, I've always respected Regina King, but like she was really good in the show. You know, she was great. She was great. And the what was the girl that played the that that played the uh, Candyman? Yeah, Candyman. Yeah, yeah. What's we gotta we gotta give this guy some respect. We always say the guy that's gonna be in Candyman. Yeah, he was cold though. He He was was from other shit too. We were talking about he's on the uh, we brought up last pod or. the uh, Black Mirror episode. Yeah, with the, with the, yeah, the, the weird gay video game episode. <laughs> okay, I don't I don't feel half as bad. Oh, you talking about striking vipers, striking vipers. Yeah, I don't feel as bad because y'all y'all tell me how to pronounce homie's name. Yeah, Yaya Abdul Abdul Mateen the second. Wasn't all that hard. Yeah, I just go Yaya. Yeah, yeah. They just call me Yaya. Yeah. It's oh, weird. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, Kind of weird calling the dude, yeah, yeah, but that's the man's name, so. Oh, gotta do, yeah. gotta respect it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, kiss yeah. me, uh-huh. man. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yo, that was a fun, hey, I'm not gonna lie, that kind of killed Black Mirror for me, though. Yeah, you, yeah. it seriously killed a Black Mirror for me. I didn't watch any episode after that. That was the first episode on that season, right? I didn't watch anyone after yeah. that one. I heard it was like a Miley Cyrus episode. I like Miley Cyrus. Hey, didn't watch it. Yeah. Just that episode threw me off. Yeah. I like video That's games. Team, that, that brings it back up to, right, right, right. But it brings it back up to like shit being forced. They didn't feel like yeah. I didn't have to like do that in my opinion, you know? Right. I feel you, but it was entertaining because that was a mind fuck i was i had a feel was, i'm not gonna like, lie i watched that this whole shit's episode. getting kind of weird man and when i saw it i was like oh nah yeah and the thing is like you knew it was about to happen like i, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us knew what was about to happen you know what i'm saying so like, you can why just is tell, he playing you know? as a girl like, character and then i was like yeah was, yeah i was like yeah something's about to happen <laughs> spoiler alert you're <laughs> yeah. gonna spoiler alert oh, man. uh i know y'all have seen it it's been in the news lately 
is uh well at least it's been trending. Dave Chappelle's eight forty six. Great. Yes, Everybody I loved it? it. I loved it. Yeah, I saw it for sure. Let's try to play twice. a little bit. I hope YouTube doesn't dick us and take this down. I won't show the video. Let's just talk over it the entire time. Yeah, I'll show a little yeah. bit of the video because we've never seen Chappelle like this. I, I queued up the one part that like kind of I feel like was most impactful. You know what's funny? I, I feel like Chappelle is always like this, though. But like, I've never seen him so, like, fired up, you know, like, and I mean this in a good way. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. We'll, we'll just... For eight minutes and 46 seconds, can you imagine that? This kid thought he was going to die. He knew he was going to die. He called for his mother. He called for his dead mother. I've only seen that once before in my life. My father, on his deathbed, called for his grandmother. When I watched that tape, I understood this man knew he was going to die. People watched him. People filmed it. But for some reason that I still don't understand, all these fucking police had their hands in their pockets. Who are you talking to? What are you signifying that you can kneel on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and feel like you wouldn't get the wrath of God? That's what it was. It was heavy. But you know what? I'm with you. I loved it. I loved every part of it. We'll only play a little bit because they'll dick us and take yeah. it down. But, um, I was surprised. I wasn't, I mean, not that I was surprised, but it definitely was more passionate than I'm used to seeing Chappelle. But I agree with everything that he said. You know, he's talking about how uh, he was, what, experiencing an earthquake. And that 30 seconds, he was scared shitless because he thought, like, I'm going to die. This is it. It's over. And that was only 30 seconds. He's talking about how, you know, George Floyd had to endure what he endured for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That, I didn't even know. I didn't realize that it was that long. I knew it was not, you know, 30 seconds. I knew it was a long time. But damn near 10 minutes. What makes me more upset than anything, and I mean, I guess I understand you can't do much. There's police there, and that's part of the problem. But the fact that nobody tried to stop it, like that nobody, you know, tried to call 911 and, and say, like, hey, you know, I see some shit. Didn't look right to me, you know. And I don't know. Maybe people did that, but... It, it just blows my mind that we're like, that's where the world is at now where people are just quick to record and just chill and not actually do anything. That's what, you know, it, that was kind of the aha moment that I had. Right. Um, well, I would say this, dude, it's, um, I, it, it's, a it, it's fucked up, man. Like that, that obviously is a long, long fucking time, um, uh, you know, to have like, you, you know, knee on someone's neck or to have it i mean that's a long time for anything actually yeah. if you think about it you think about eight minutes 46 seconds bro that's a long time i mean think if you just have to like wait in a drive-through for that long you know like yeah. mike i know you for a fact would shit your pants like you'd be like <laughs> what right. the hell is going on like like seriously yeah. i mean like if you have to wait for your fucking starbucks for that fucking long two like, minutes i mean i mean just I mean, having pressure on you, I don't know if anybody's ever been in a fight or anything like that, 
but those shits don't last longer than two minutes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like it a real like fight because you get tired. Yeah. I mean, it feels like longer. Hell yeah. But you get tired, bro. That's why boxing matches only go for three minutes. I mean, you know, uh, you know each round only goes for three minutes. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's because, like, you're fucking working. Could you imagine someone that's just, I mean, I mean, George Floyd was a big guy, but, I mean, just as fucking big as you, you know, work security, everything like that. I'm a grown fucking man, you know, on your fucking neck for that long. And then the shit with the other guy standing around. Um, nonchalant. Like, I mean, just nonchalant. That That's where the accountability comes in. And, uh, yeah. I mean, those, I like, you know, by the grace of God, those guys, they get charged, you know, um, with, uh, you know, some type of crime or whatever. I'm not sure, you know, what it is right now. But, uh, I mean, but, yeah, dude, I, I if I was there and I saw that shit, I'm not going to lie, bro. I would have, like, kind of, like, had to, like, just ran and, like, push the guy up off of him there. If I would have got arrested, they would have did me like that, too. Like, it would have just happened. But, I, like you said, man, I can't, I can't just, like, sit around and, like, just record some, something like that. Like, even if it's I, a fight or something that's me. going on. Yeah, yeah, I can't just watch something like that. You know, and my thing is right. And my thing is, so I think I agree with y'all. What y'all saying, like you should have like pushed and did something, but in that moment, you don't know what you're gonna do. You know what I'm saying? It's probably like a shock. It was probably like a shock factor for some people too. They didn't know what the fuck was happening. They're probably trying to process some shit. And also, they probably didn't want to like die because yeah. we don't know when we, like jump in and like help out and shit. Because somebody would jump in, they probably would have like got shot or some shit. You know, easily. That's you know the what scary I mean? part, man. Like so that's like, part of the know? problem. Right, exactly. So people don't know, like, when can we jump in and do something? You know what I'm saying? Like, it should be automatic, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a thin line. It, it, it sucks. It really does. Like, it just, it's it's fucked up. Like, it really is. You know, my, my I don't know if reforms will help. I think we should just dismantle the whole thing and start from ground up, personally, you know? But it just, uh, it's just crazy, man. But to go into yeah, conversations so- about that, uh, I'm sorry if I'm cutting anybody off, but, um, you know, the the dismantle everything and to, you know, start from the ground up. It's like, how, how do you even, how do you even start some shit like that? Right. Like, how, like what point do you start it? And where do you even want to go? That's I the thing. That's why, that's why we got to have these conversations as like a society, you know, like, Hey, like, what do we actually want to do? I'm saying that because I feel like the system was never really designed set up well anyways. We all know that, you know, so like reforms is kind of putting like a bandaid over it bend day for a little bit and then it's going to come off again eventually you know so that's just my opinion of it i think part of the thing too is i mean i my last job i worked there for eight years um right when i joined they were part of a merger with another company so that was five years in after that so i ended up having worked there for longer than they had been merged with you know the other company and over time, it became more and more apparent all the little thing, the little disconnects, all the little cultural differences between, you know, the North Campus in another state and then, you know, our campus here in Texas. And uh, not even like racial culture, just like business culture, you know, like the more lax versus more uptight, you know, more creative versus more process oriented. I mean, it was night and day difference. And mm-hmm. You know, I look at that, I'm thinking when I joined the the company, I didn't even I wasn't even aware of that kind of stuff. You know, I wasn't even aware that a merger would have those kind of um, discrepancies, you know, until you're actually in it. 
And then I thought back on like, man, five years for two completely different cultures having merged isn't shit. I mean, think about, think about it from a sports standpoint. Let's say they said, you know what, we're going to do sports, but we're going to cut all the teams in half. You're going to merge. You know, everybody, New York, Boston, you're one team now. Everybody, two L.A. teams, you're one team now. Think about that culture clash and think about how long it would take for shit to work itself out. Think about even five years down the line. If you were to say, all right, Patriots and Browns, y'all are partnered up now. Imagine five years down the line what things would look like. The crazy part is when you think about slavery, that was what? 155 years ago 160 years ago and it wasn't that long ago actually that's not at all that long ago exactly and i mean segregation all these things so and i'm just talking about you know my company was what five thousand people i think after the merger you know we're talking about 300 million so it takes a long time to put these things together and i think that you kind of have to take it from a grassroots approach, you know, bit by bit, piece by piece. There's still a lot wrong with the system, right. but I think anybody that thinks it's just a clean, easy sweeping fix, you know, it's very complex. I mean, I just explained that to scenario to explain how, you know, 5,000 people couldn't move in the same direction at over 13 years with my eight and the five before combined, let alone a country 160 for, you know, it's well, I mean, they could a even... lot of room to grow. Like, there are a lot of problems still very glaring with the country, yes. Right. They couldn't even do it 150 years ago when they did start from, you know, from that point. You know, yeah. it's like they had to implicate more things to just kind of keep things the way that they were, in a way. When, that's when, like, you know, uh, when the uh, policing actually came about and when Jim Crow laws came about uh, in the 20s or whatnot like that. I mean, it's like people like certain people in this country are comfortable with the way that it is. Yeah. And they don't want it to they don't they don't want it to go. And they don't want it to change because they're comfortable with it. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're in a room and like you're comfortable with the temperature or whatever, but someone comes in, they're like, yeah, let me crank it up, right? So you're going to be like, yo, go go back to that other room where you came from, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Because like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good here. Like, it, it was fine right. in here for me. That's how people act in this country. Or not even just in this country, around the world. But I want to get Brandon's take on it. Change, I used Brandon, to. Sorry, we've been going out. We've been, hey, yeah, we've been yeah, wild, Brandon, yeah. Yeah. Nah, man, I, I I enjoy listening to y'all's perspective, man, and just like like real quick to go back to the video, like and, and what what Chappelle was talking about, like the the problem there, obviously aside from what happened to to George Floyd, is just the audacity of it all, man. Just the yeah. fact that this is happening on a street out in public in front of people, like this isn't in some back alley. Um, somebody's sitting, sitting up there recording, however you feel about them recording. There's somebody is out there recording this. This is in, this is out there on the street in front of people. And so, like, you got you to gotta think about that aspect as far as, like, the people that are watching. Maybe they wanted to act. Maybe they wanted to do something. But if they sit up there watching the police with the, with the power and the, and, and the authority sitting up there feeling empowered to do something like this in public in front of people, 
what you think they're gonna do to the next man or to the next person? So like, so like that's 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 part of it. Like you, you you're gonna have some apprehension there when you see just the damn audacity to for, to, to do something like that in broad daylight. Um, and then and then as far as the point about the the the, the police force and and building from the ground up, I feel like it's, there's a bunch of different ideas that that like differ from defunding the police to abolishing the police entirely and like and like they're they're kind of different concepts like i feel like defunding means funding them less and using the money to do things with you know in other places to put the money in 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 better spots and to not give the police money for things that they don't need like all that damn ride gear that you see them wearing at the at the uh at the protest and and the shit that they use to to, to to bomb people's houses when they got a when they got a drug warrant and and like all of the shit that they get from the military and all of that kind of stuff like like they don't need half of the shit that they get um, and so like defunding the police is just is just sort of more of a concept more of an idea of like not putting this emphasis on making them be like the the domestic military because that's not what the relationship is supposed to be like they're not supposed to fucking be at war all the time. Right. The way the way the way that it looks, especially at these like at these protests, and then even at what precedes the protests, like you know, like that's kind of that idea. As far as abolishing the police, that's a whole another kind of radical idea where you're talking about maybe maybe in smaller cities you get rid of the department and you merge it with the with the with the county or kind of like what what Mike's talking about, where you kind of figure out a different kind of funding mechanism. Right. Whereas maybe you don't have a police department, but you got a uh, kind of more of a conglomerate, and we we've, we've seen it in different places where it's worked in some ways, and it, and, and in some other ways that it, it hasn't. But like this is the first time that I've actually heard the idea talked about, like in the mainstream. You know, like it's it's like some radical shit before now, and now it's like, you know, you got more mainstream media talking about well, he- you know, hell, what what do we want to do? We give police departments too much money and are we not prioritizing the money in the right way? And are we empowering them in a way where they feel like they can just bang on people in the middle of the street like they did? Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that extends, uh, obviously the priority, what's in the spotlight right now is the race part of it, right? But I mean, that extends even beyond that. I mean, it does. I can't think of a ton of times where I felt seeing a police officer made me feel safe. If anything, it almost kind of right. put me on my toes where I'm like, shit man like something i'm doing something wrong you know we've been bred to kind of think that you're always doing something wrong you know you always have to kind of look over your shoulder and it doesn't really fit the world we're in right now like regardless you know race aside like the system is broken you know um it's there are too many times where i feel like i'm just dealing with the nuisance of having to go to the courthouse to do, you know, deal with a speeding ticket, which I mean, look, yeah, I know if I'm doing wrong, I shouldn't be speeding. Hey, I've had a clean record though, many years now. But the point is, I don't feel like I'm like, all right, I feel like they're here to ensure my safety as much as, you know, I'm just feeling paranoid always. And I shouldn't put a blanket statement on it. You know, there are great police out there and I know some of them myself, but you know, something needs to change for sure. Yeah, because yeah, like, you remember Mike, you know, when we got stereotyped in your neighborhood, which I, I- get that but like you said I, I don't really I can't really say for myself that I've been in a lot of situations where cops have done like a lot of good for me personally 
You know, it's always something like it gets escalated or it just like, you know, when they come, I get nervous. Not in the fact that, I, you know, I'm going to get killed, but I get nervous. I know something bad is about to happen and we should yeah. automatically like think like that, you know, but we've been well, groomed too. Well, to the contrary of that, uh, as me and I, I mean, most of you guys know me personally or whatever. I've, I've never, there's probably been, I can count on the, on my fingers, how many times like I've had like actually bad experiences with uh, police or whatever. And like, it's not that many. Cause usually like what it is, is if you know how to talk to them, if you know how to like, usually nothing, nothing bad comes up or whatnot. I was like, I haven't really had any, like bad experiences, and maybe it's more so just me thinking, you know, my own shit. I'm in my own head, and that's why I'm paranoid. But it's how I feel, you know, and I think that counts right. for something. You know, the fact that a lot of people feel that way means something. You know, something's got to change. Yeah, my thing is too, like Chanty probably like know how to talk to him and all that. But you know, I know I've been in situations personally where. I try to talk to them calmly and peacefully, but they come to me disrespectfully, or it's like I shouldn't be talking to them at all. So well, you should be able to ask questions, and I feel like sometimes yeah, if yeah, you ask questions, yeah. it might seem like you're challenging, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you should be able to ask, hey, what's going on here? Like, I'm a human. Yeah. I have rights. Right. What's the situation? Brandon, what were you exactly. going to say? Yeah, no, I was just going, like, on the point that you made about about race. I think what's interesting with the police that – should be kind of this unifying thing for for people of all races that like the police will break bad with white people too you yeah. know like they they'll they'll break bad with white people too like white people got horror stories too with the police and and the point there that i would make as a black person is that if if they'll break bad with the white man or, or with a white woman or with a white person the hell you think they'll do with me or you or you or you you know, like, mm-hmm. like, like, let's recognize yeah, that it's, even though it's not just us, the fact that it can even be you makes it even scarier for me. And like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I agree with Chance too. Like, like as far as like my experience, I haven't had that many terrible experiences with cops. I can't say like my worst experiences with cops were more so of, of like instances where I was like actually in the wrong. I, I did have a pretty racist thing happen to me with a cop one time, but I'm like chance where I can count it on one hand. But the thing is, the issue is like just the power dynamic. It's just yes. that you feel so powerless if you do find yourself in that situation or if you're not even in that situation. If you like Mike and you're just like, shit, that situation might find me. You know, right. I think I think that's the that's the hang up because the cops know that they, that they or at least they knew. It's kind of changing now, but the, the cops have felt like they had the power, and then the rest of us kind of felt like we're kind of at the mercy of whatever it is that they say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it shouldn't I mean, be like that at all, you know? Because, like, we, the people, and this goes for not only the police, but for the government, whether it was local, state, federal, like, we hold the power, you know? And, like, I mean, I know we said this a couple pods ago, but, like, this right here, these devices, this shit right here, this is all like, this is our, our primary weapon, uh, against you know our primary defense weapon. Uh, like I advise everyone to get dash cams and shit like that because, like you were saying, Brandon, like, dude, they will break bad with the white people. I mean, we've seen it in the past three weeks, like how they've been, like, I mean, 
too. They've been fucking turning up on these like uh, protesters and you know the everyone else that's out there and shit. The people I've seen getting fucked up the most at these protests have been white people because they've been the ones that's like been fucking shit up. You know what I'm saying? But like they've been getting fucked up out here. You know what I'm saying? Like like crazy. And um, I mean, it's just time for everybody to open their eyes to see that yo, the police that that you know like like not generalizing all as a saving, but at the same time generalizing the police as like you know the fraternal order of the police. They think that they're kind of above the law, you know, and, you know, they break to the law to enforce the law. How many and times, like, real quick, how many times have you seen a cop flip the lights just to run the light and then flip them off? Dude, I see, oh. I've, see, I, I've seen that more times than I can count on my hands. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, a week, like weekly. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, like, I, I see that shit all the fucking times. Like, where the fuck are you even going? You know? Shit, above the law, man. The fuck? But I think where this shit needs to start, where, where it should start, is that, okay, being a police officer is a profession, right? A profession. You're a professional officer. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is something that is a career. That shouldn't take six, 21 weeks to uh, do training for. You know what I'm saying? That should be like I, a four-year thing. Yeah. That should be like you should go to college to be a police officer. Yeah, I mean, and you're other public. They're actually they're doing that right now, and like you see, the success rate is much higher over there than like what it is in America, as far as like how they handle people. Like they actually are for the people. That's how it should be, you know. Right, right. I mean, yeah. yeah no, uh, the fucking the cops in England don't even carry guns. Yeah. Hey, like Chance, I, I like your I like your point about uh, about the about the training, but I would say this is how I would differ from you. I would say it's not necessarily how long they train, but it's how they train and what they train to do, yeah. and how they train oh, to think. You right, know what I'm yeah. saying? See, I didn't even get to that point. I was see my vision of how I think this could all work. Like I said, four year school, first two years just like regular fucking college. First two years, you're not even in the fucking field. You are literally in the books learning the law. You are learning the same law that pre-law students are learning. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I don't understand, like, okay, so, all right, when you go to court, right, say you do anything, you know, like, uh, say it's, uh, I don't know, just make a fuck crime, right? You have your lawyer, right, and they have to ask the police, you know, like, uh, say you have the, the police, the arresting officer or whatever the fuck. Uh, you know, on the stand or whatever. Like, shouldn't they know, like, the same shit, you know? Because if, you know, like, if the lawyer who is, you know, uh, who studies law or whatever, you know, and, like, uh, I guess practices law or whatever, shouldn't the person that enforces the law know more than the lawyer? Should, right? In theory. In theory, they should, right? I mean, you're enforcing it. You know what? You know what? To that point, you know why that's such a great point? Because the cops, a lot of this police misconduct, they are doing stuff that you would never see a lawyer do. You would never see somebody who knows the law do some of the stuff that you see these people doing. Because they would be like, this is illegal in some kind of way. This is a violation of some kind of constitutional right or some kind of letter of the law or something of that regard. So, 
I'm with you there. Like if they knew the law or studied the law to that degree, they would never do that type of stuff. Yo, and the it, thing crazy. Is yeah. I'm sorry, uh, just real quick. It's crazy that a person like me knows more of the law than your average officer out there. And that's and all I, I'm say, I, I tell them every time. That's why I never get in the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I mean, like I'm is not so fucking like squeaky, squeaky clean or whatever. Like, I never get in the shit. And if I do get in the shit, I can talk my way out of it because I know the law. Because right, of gonna... you know my skin color. Because my skin is my no. skin. You know what I'm saying? You know the law. You, you know the law. You know the law because you're trying to stay alive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I like yeah. That's what I was gonna say, Chance. Like. They get mad when you actually know more than them, too. You know, like, they try to, like, feel like, okay, nah, you're not right. Or, but when you actually, like, spitting facts and stuff, like, hey, no, this is actually right or whatever, they don't like that because, like, it goes back to, like, what y'all saying, like, a power trip. They don't want to feel like you, you you know, like, you know more than them or it's like, okay, like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, with, with police, they just feel like we should all just be their subordinates and, like, shut up and, like, not say anything type shit. At least from my experience, like, that, that's what I've experienced. Because, like, I'm a pretty chill dude. I don't yell. Like, I, you know, I talk to people calmly. And, like, when I try to do that with them, it's like they're not trying to talk back. You know what I mean? And unless it's, like, a, a, a crowd or some kind of event going on, maybe. But on the one-on-one -on -one thing, it, it's not much communication. That makes sense. You know, so that, that's why I feel the way I do, you know? It is yeah. odd. I feel like you have had the most stories. But you usually, like, you're definitely the calmest of us three. You know, like yeah. the most like diplomatic. You know, I, I'm I know I'm calm, but I got a I've got a temper. I know for sure. And, 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 and maybe that's that's why they do it. You know what I mean? Because they feel okay, he's just a chill deuce. Like I don't have to talk back to him or whatever. But regardless of like what's going on in their head and shit like that, it that shouldn't be an excuse to like act like that. Especially when you're when you're a policeman, you're supposed to like we we pay y'all with our with our money. Like, you know, it's like we're literally like paying y'all and shit. You know, so like why are y'all doing the stuff that y'all doing? You know, so it just yeah. That's that's my two cents on that. Speaking of chance knowing the law, I remember uh, there was one time my car you were you were parked outside of my apartment and we were chilling. <laughs> I won't mention names. There were two other people there too, doing their own thing. <laughs> the funny thing was they sure were. <laughs> the funny thing is your car was about to get towed and you ran over and got in the car and called the police and said I'm being kidnapped. They dropped your shit and did not tow your car. I, I tell people that now to this day, if they're ever like, oh, no, you know, I saw my car was getting towed. Like, hey, there's the trick. Go That's get in that shit. <laughs> Go get in that shit. They cannot take you. If they take you 15 feet, it's kidnapping. I should have did that with the whole, the whole McDonald's thing. Remember that? Uh, we should have. I know. We should have, man. I guess the, the final note on that is, you know, we kind of – pride ourselves on our system being innocent until proven guilty but jay-z called it you know we're guilty until proven innocent in most of the cases or at least that's how we've been groomed to feel you know right. but speaking of broken systems uh the latest news kyrie irvin man cannot like just chill you know like he's always got some opinion he's always got to shake things up and i We'll just jump in man. now. Honestly, can I can I start? On the, are you gonna show us something? Or? No, 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 Mike. You, you toss it up, Jack. You go first. All right. I know Brandon, so, Brandon's looking at his lips and shit. Brandon, you to get into it. Ready for this one? So, <laughs> Kyrie Irving led a call. Here, I'll share. I'll, sh I'll share so people watching on YouTube can read along. 
Kyrie Irving led a call on Friday of w, or of NBA and WNBA players questioning the return of professional basketball on Monday. He, along with some Lakers, including Avery Bradley, issued a mission statement representing the coalition that appears to signal a formalization of the group while demanding social change. So to sum it up, um, you know, Kyrie basically says, we've had enough, something feels fishy, you know, we're out here, um, you know, there's all these injustices going on, and I agree with that, you know, let's not make this something that kind of steals the spotlight of what really matters. I, I get all that. But, you know, him saying that it just kind of the optics behind it are, are kind of hazy and, you know, it feels like something's fishy there. That's been my biggest issue. Look, I don't disagree with him saying that, you know, there are more important things going on and maybe something like this takes away. Where I have to disagree, though, is what's fishy about it, man? Like the best players, the people that matter the most in your league got together and said, hey, we want to play. I'm sorry. If you get the 15 best players in any league and they say we should play, everybody else should just play. I don't care. Like, and you're not even playing. You don't have to go. You're injured. You're not even able to play. So, look, I, I'm, I'm just somebody that's always got to have, you know, I, I feel like I've always got something to say about Kyrie. I'm not usually just in the middle. I usually feel one way or the other. Earth is not flat, you know. But, and once again, I'm kind of like, man, like, Nah, dude, like, nah, you're looking for something that isn't there. I don't know. Jock, you pick it up. Yeah, so my thing is, like, you know, y'all may disagree with me on this, which, you know, it's cool. We got on opinions. But I actually, like, I'm behind Kyrie as far as the fact that I will, I do think it's going to be a distraction from me real with you. Like, because, like, humans are very – we get bored easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want to go back to, like, normality, like, you know, some form. So NBA coming back is kind of like some form of, okay, like, stuff is kind of back to normal again. And then, you know, we're going to kind of stop talking about the movement. So I guess what I'm saying is the momentum is going to kind of like be lowered. Now, we're, now on the flip side of it, I think it could be a great thing if they do it right, though, since it's such yeah. a big platform. So what I mean by that is, you know, you have LeBron who's, you know, like the head, the face of NBA or whatever. If they were to have like, you know, 30-minute or hour segments like town halls, you know, open to the public, of course, like on TV where they're actually talking about what we're going to do next in the movement, and just, like, talking about real issues and stuff for the remainder of the season, I'll be down for that, you know, because I feel like the momentum won't shift and people will still, still be, like, on the forefront and everything. Not like a whole, like, a, just like a 30-second or a minute, you know, interview after, you know, after the game, like, yeah, it's messed up and we got to do better and it's not right. And then that's pretty much it. That's not really talking about well, stuff. You know? here's, so. here's my thoughts on that, though. Sports unite. I mean – Brandon, you and I came together because of sports. I mean, we obviously have common interests. We're friends, you know, but we came together because of sports, you know. Sports unite. And, I mean, sports are a distraction, you know. And it usually – if you're distracting and, and making people forget, then that's a problem. But if you're in a right. – humans need that, man. We don't have any escapes right now. We've been cooped up in our houses for months – you know, there's right. nothing new. We're just watching the same things over and over. Pulp on freaking Netflix, HBO, all the same shit, YouTube, you know. Sports unite. And I feel like if you got if you've got anybody that matters more than, you know, I would say any celebrity or any any athlete for sure, but maybe any celebrity that just seems to have as much of a a consensus approval rating, it's LeBron. 
And I feel like he can go out there and, you know, really show like, you know, hey, let's be together. Let's not – we need something to tie people together right now because we're still – I mean, we're still so far apart, you know. So that's my biggest thing with it. And, you know, you you just look at like we, – we talked about it the last, what, two episodes ago or last episode. Look at how colorblind the, the love and the unity was for Kobe when he passed. You know, like as sad as his death was, like that's a tragedy, man. Like I'd never cared about him as a player. I cried when he died. You know, like that shows how iconic and how big he was. But I think that has been as shitty as this year has been. That has been one of the highlights of this year because of how much it brought people together. You know, like how much people just put aside all their differences and just, hey, we're here. Even the differences with Kobe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. And Mike, like I hear you, bro. Like and I, I agree on that aspect. Like sports we it does bring people together. But all I'm saying is as long as they keep it like going, like talking about it. You know what I mean? Like having some kind of because like think about it, like if, if if we see LeBron, you know, some of the biggest names actually actively like showing stuff like on TV or whatever else, people are gonna pay attention to that. That says a big message, you know. Uh so like I'm cool with him. I'm still going to watch him get regardless, you know, because, like, I'm a sports fan or whatever. I will say this. I I just would like for that to happen. That's all. I would agree, but I feel like we can't hold them responsible for doing something like that. Like, say you have to do that. I mean, I think it goes back to Chappelle and the 846, you know, the Don Lemon point. The Don Lemon's like, where are these celebrities? Where are they at? What do you – what do you – like, what can they say? And, I mean, I get – Maybe LeBron, I just mentioned him mattering more than probably any athlete or celebrity. He can go out there and make a statement, hey, do this. But I feel like if we're trying to put the onus on him to like, hey, you've got to carry this movement. Like, you've got to do this. After a while, man, I mean, it feels a little bit different, too, when something is work versus being voluntary. When you're telling somebody, hey, you have to go out there and make a statement. Like, that's labor. I get that, Right, I get that, but LeBron, because he's been so vocal about stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he hasn't been talking about stuff. Right. So, and other players as well. So that's why I'm saying, like, you know, you're you're vocal about it now. Once it starts up, continue to be vocal. That's all I'm saying, you know? True. Along with, not just him, but it takes a village. Like, everybody else, too, is in the league, you know? Yeah. That's it. Well, hopefully that, hopefully that happens. Uh, and with someone, you know, as uh, legitimate as uh, LeBron is about, you know, everything and – Shit, with Kyrie too, you know, uh, you know they they will keep that going. But like, like you said, Mike, it it doesn't have to like it, it, it's not an obligation that they have. You know what I'm saying? Like it, if the season starts and you know Adam Silver comes out and says, "Yo, y'all can't say anything about it or whatever like that," that's kind of a dud. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think Adam Silver is gonna do that or anything. I don't think any any company is kind of really blocking all that shit. I mean, even Starbucks ran their shit back when, you know what I'm saying, about the mm-hmm. uh, BLM shirts or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, like, I, I think that – one, I think this is going to be great. One, because basketball is basketball, right? It's, like, the greatest sport ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and it, it it's probably the most worldwide, like, played sport, like, uh, outside of soccer. Um, and soccer's coming back, and they're doing pretty fucking good. 
uh, right now and shit like that. But I think that this could be a point that helps the movement with what you're saying, John. Like, I think that it will be something that kind of will bring attention to it. Because, like, I mean, we, you know, we got the internet. You got, like I said, all of the companies or whatever, people on TV, uh, you know, back in the movement and shit like that. But um, I think that, like, sports, especially the NBA, with it being, like, what, 85 90% black, it's going to – they're going to keep it moving. I mean, they, they, they are, like – they're super political in what they do. Like, you know, like, no matter what, if it's, you know uh, – like, no matter what it is. They're super political. They they keep this shit going. So I, I think that they will. I don't think that it's gonna be any type of distraction or anything like that. Kyrie's just being Kyrie. He's being a cons- conspiracy theorist. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just Kyrie. I know, know Brandon's got a lot of thoughts on Kyrie himself. Like this is what you've been holding on. I, I know. Yeah. It. <laughs> Look, man. Look, and I hate I hate that my internet went out and I missed part of what y'all had to say. But my issue with Kyrie. And we can get to the points in a second. But my issue with Kyrie is just that this guy thinks he's so much smarter than he actually is. And I'm not saying that my man's not smart or articulate or thoughtful or well-intended or any of that stuff. Like, I don't, I don't know Kyrie, so I'm not judging this man on that level. I'm just saying that everything that comes out of the dude's mouth make him seem like he read all the wrong books <laughs> and like, it's just like, like, like it's one thing to be an intellect, but it's a whole nother thing to think you're like Cornell West when you're just somebody who just started reading a few years ago or something like that, man. Like, <laughs> like he, he, he like, he just strikes me as the dude who is just like, like, I, like, it's like, you don't know if maybe are you not deep enough or is he fake deep? Like what, like, like, which is it? Like, <laughs> fake deep. Like, I think like, it's a fake I, deep, to tell you the truth. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Because like look, Arian Foster's deep. Yeah. Kyrie's kind of a fake deep person. You know what I I'm saying? I feel that way. I feel that way. And, and look, and, and I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying Kyrie's fake, because I do think Kyrie's on the right side of this, and I do actually believe in like Kyrie's intentions. I'm just yeah. saying as far as an intellect, Kyrie is fake deep. Like, yeah. he is not as smart as he is trying to convince everybody that he is. And that's where that flat earth shit uh, started at. And then and that's how we got to where we are now. Um, just, just like as far as people not trusting what Kyrie has to say. And the issue is, like, Kyrie actually brings up some valid points. But it's like you have to shoot the messenger because you don't believe in the messenger because the motherfucker been trying to get over on you for however many years it's been since he said the earth was flat and all that other kind of <laughs> And so then, it's like boy, boy, cry wolf, pretty much. Kind of, kind of, kind of, and then, and then you factor in how things, how things played out with, with the Cavs, and how things played out in Boston, and how it just kind of wasn't really the best. Look, I don't know if he fully got a full, sh- uh, fair shake in that, but it wasn't the best look on him. Yeah. And so when you just put all of that together, it's like, okay, damn, Kyrie, here you go again. Talk some more hot, you know, hot air or whatever. Even though, even though he does bring up some decent points, I'm with Chance though. As far as like the distraction thing, like if there's any league, like Jock, man, look, if this was the NFL, I would agree with you. But the NBA, like to Chance's point, what he's saying, dog, you think 
Greg Popovich gonna let this go into into the off to the back burner. He get every chance he get to talk some crap about either Trump or or get to say something to, to show how how he's a white liberal. He 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 gives it to you, Steve Kerr, um, and that's not even to say of all the black players. So like this right. opportunity, man. Like like it is. like if it's if there's any league if there's any league who can make sure that sports are not a distraction that they are like like sports is more are more ancillary to this larger issue anyway like we got to keep that in mind like this is the bigger issue and i think if we give people more credit more people understand that than maybe we would like to think and so like we can put sports in this context it could be a sidebar and it could just be another platform to have these kind of conversations like honestly I think if I think if the NBA became a distraction, that would be that would be the NBA's fault and like uh, like them uh, like a dereliction of their duty to make sure that this issue actually does stay on the forefront because they that's the one league that we feel like we can trust on this. Right. The hell with Roger Goodell and, and, and I know we'll talk about that later. But Roger Goodell and, and and major league or major league baseball or hockey or NASCAR like we don't trust nobody like we trust the NBA with this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, that's why I'm saying, like, okay, uh, all right, all right, Kyrie, I feel what you're saying. I'm with the movement. I, I don't want, I don't want there to be no distraction. But that's not what this is about to be. And I think, I think the like the actual smarter players know that. They know they're gonna come in and they're gonna they're gonna play ball. They're gonna give you maybe a little bit of a distraction, maybe just enough to watch a game. But they also gonna be doing some of the stuff that you talked about, Jock, like uh, forms and. And, and, like, they already doing the stuff to help people organize the vote and all of that stuff. Like, the NBA is on it. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, you, know you know the fashion is about to be, you know what I'm saying? You know they're about to be in their kente claws and all kind of shit like that, walking into the arena. You know what I'm saying? You know, they're going to be in the little kooky you know what, you, know what, you, know, you know what, guys? Like, I hear y'all. You know what I mean? Like, getting y'all's different perspective and stuff. And, like, I can say, like, I agree with what y'all saying. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. You know, like. For the most part, like everything y'all saying, because like NBA is different from everything. You know what I'm saying? It's different from the NFL, yeah. NHL, NBL. You know, it, it's different. It's like you're right. You know, I just like I said, and that's why I said what I said too. Like, if you know, if everything's done right with the platform they have, like this could like help the movement even more. You know what I'm saying? So like, definitely. You know? Yeah. Well, and speaking of uh, pop, I know that was one thing. Um... Popovich and kind of being critical of the NFL. I love football. You know, I've never been a big – I've never been a fan of Goodell. But, you know, I just love the sport of football itself so much. Um, but, I mean, Goodell, we know he's all about his money. So, Popovich had this comment to say about Goodell. It almost kind of gave Goodell an out where, you know, he said a smart man is running the NFL – didn't understand what the difference was between the flag and what makes the country great. All the people who fought to allow Kaepernick to have the right to kneel for justice. Goodell got intimidated when Trump jumped on the kneeling and he folded. So, I mean, it, it's almost kind of like he gives him an out, like saying, hey, you know, this is because he couldn't stand up to Trump. But I, I think at least like the real leaders, the vocal coaches, people like that, and the NBA are going to keep pushing this topic. What I found interesting too is uh, you know the way this leaks into the NFL as well Bill O'Brien you know I'm sure you guys saw I'm not a big fan of him as the GM I'm not a great fan of Bill O'Brien as the coach 
But, I mean, we can't deny that he did say, hey, I will kneel with the players, you know. So, unlike in the past where the NFL kind of seemed to be agnostic to this or at least turn a blind eye, now you're starting (laughs) to see it leak into the NFL as well, which is a huge step in my opinion. Do you think Bill Bill O'Brien – wait, 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 real quick, real quick. On the Bill O'Brien thing, I think he's kind of trying to clean up. Behind the hop shit. It's a valid thought. I think he's trying to clean up behind the hop shit, man. Because, I mean, on 610, Brandon, I know for a fact you can attest to this shit. Two months ago, right when this shit started, right when the corona shit started, you know what I'm saying? Like, when we were on his ass about, you know, when he – Baby when moments. they fucking traded hot, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, I people were calling the 610 radio going off on his ass and every fucking thing. And I mean, even the guys there, they, I mean, I don't know. I just think he's trying to clean up. But that's how I think that he already thought that he was on the chopping block in some type of way. Uh, you know, so I think that him just saying that is, oh, okay, let me, let me just try to, you know, I don't know, not stir the pot, but, you know, keep everything in line, so. Yeah, so, like, that's, that's what I was about to say, too, Chance, basically. I mean, I don't think it's genuine, if I'm being honest with you guys. Like, that's my opinion. I think he fucked up that he's fucking up the organization right now. So, he knows he's losing, like, a lot of supporters, like, fans and everything. So, he has to do something to, like, make amends, you know, pretty much. What's the and, and this thing? I feel, I feel like with this whole Black Lives Matter movement, People aren't doing it for the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're doing it to kind of, like, you know, Same take face. advantage. Or, or, yeah, or, like, to profit box. from, too. And it's, it's like their intentions aren't really right. And, like, I don't respect those that are, like, trying to do that, you know? All right. So, let me let me jump in on this real quick. I'm going to be, like, just full You're transparency. Most credible like, source. Well, yeah, man. I, like, I know Bill a little bit. and And so, all right, so... I had a couple. I'm not even trying to name drop on y'all. This is like this is like real shit. Like I, I had I had a couple beers with Bill O'Brien and like maybe 15 or 20 other media types. Like like we all just chilled and had beer for like two hours about a week ago, a week ago tomorrow. So we could go Thursday. Real we go tomorrow. Yes. So so like we chopped it up about this, and I'm gonna tell y'all like this, man, with Bill O'Brien. It's two separate. It's these are these are two separate things for me because, like, as far as the organization goes, and as far as the moves that he's made, and we talked about this too. We don't agree with him. We can't make sense of him. Like I told him straight up. I told him I said, like, Bill, you got to understand. DeAndre Hopkins was like a folk hero here. Like, yeah. like you got to like if you trade DeAndre Hopkins, you got to bring back something. You got to bring back like the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just trade DeAndre Hopkins and just be like, oh, well, it was in the best interest of the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're not, we not buying that. Because, like, Hop, Hop been, been down with the team before Bill O'Brien got there. He was, he was drafted well before Bill O'Brien got there. And he's, like, in the community. You know, so, like, he's actually, he's, like, actually a real person here. So that's the, that's the one thing. But then on the other side of it, like, Bill O'Brien, even though he doesn't, talk the way Greg Popovich does and the way Steve does and the way the NBA coaches does. Like he is, he is kind of along those lines of the type of the white liberal, like that's the, that's his type of beliefs. So like, I do think that that's what he actually believes, but I also think like to y'all's point, the timing of it is convenient 
because he gets to massage his image through this as opposed to the way the rest of uh, the rest of us have viewed him through the lens of like what he's done with the with the organization so like they're two separate issues but he's able to benefit from the conflating of the two so like it's like oh well bill o'brien messed up the organization but it's cool because he on the right side of the issues which is like nah nah wait a minute he can be on the right side of the issues but he still did this that was that was messed up you know like you got to keep everything in the context and like and like you can do that you know that's not really hard to do you can say yeah, me and Bill O'Brien agree on this one thing, but like we don't agree on nothing else when it comes to football. You know, like you can you can have it, you can have it like that. But that's kind of that's kind of just been the way that I viewed it. Like, okay, yeah, Bill O'Brien, whether no matter what you think of him, this this issue is not the same as the other one. And so, like, we can you can still hold his ass to the fire for like, okay, you traded DeAndre Hopkins, what did you get back? You know, you got back nothing. You traded Jadavion Clowney. Where did you get back? You didn't really back get back. Peanuts. You got back peanuts. You know, um, your, dra- your draft picks. You don't. You don't have no. Pretty much no draft picks between. You know, this year, and next year. You know, like you can. You can break down all of that, and you can come to him with it. And then, like at the end of the day, man, we had to just agree to disagree on a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> but but when it came but when it came to this when it came to this one issue though. You know, like I, I do believe that that he is on the right side of the issue. It's just that we don't have to use that to excuse all of the other stuff. Right. I feel that. I feel that. What I do find well, interesting. Well, I learned something new about Bill O'Brien. He's on the white liberal side. I, I never would have thought that. Definitely either. wouldn't have thought that shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. No, for sure. <laughs> Northeast, I guess, huh? Yeah, like you got to think about it. Like people, people just assume what Bill O'Brien is based off of like an offhanded comment by Bob McNair. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, like whatever you think Bob McNair was, you probably, as far as like politics, you're probably right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but with Bill O'Brien, you know, he's, he's kind of mid-management, so he's not really the one to go out and talk about politics. It is fair to say, hey, man, if this is how you feel now, where were you at in 2016, 2017, 2018 as far as being more vocal like he's always supported Kenny Stills uh Dwayne Brown to tell you that Bill O'Brien is on the right side of the issues but like publicly where were you at and that's that's not just for Bill O'Brien but that's for all the white coaches and for all the owners and for Roger Goodell and for everybody that all of a sudden wanted to come to Jesus all of a sudden you know when it's convenient and when they check the temperature that's the difference now it's like you might be sincere, but like I have to forgive. Like right outside, I guess my my yard man is here. But, oh, you good? But yeah, it's like you know where you where you been. At? Like we could have used your voice, JJ Watt. Same thing. Yeah. Like he want to come out, and I appreciated it. But I'm like, yeah, man, that's great that you said that, and I'm and I'm glad that you said that. But man, a, a voice like JJ Watt, man, we could have used that a year ago, two years three ago, three years ago, three years ago. Well, you know, so on and so forth. It is wild, man. I mean, like, it's like you said, it's, you know, what, like, the proof is in the pudding. Actions speak louder than words, you know, and NFL saying, hey, we made a mistake, you know, again, it's a big step, but you got to actually see something, you know, you got to see it to believe it. What I do find interesting, though, and the last, I guess, last note on this topic 
you know, the question of when the anthem occurs and, you know, after all of this, what's going to happen with, you know, the players and the coaches? Are they going to take knees with the players? Are you going to see people trying to discourage others from taking a knee? Well, it's coronavirus, so you're not going to have fans probably, right? Like it seems like that's almost certain that we're going to have NFL without fans next year. I don't think you're going to have the same national anthem, you know, ceremony that you had before because you don't have the fans to entertain. You don't have any of that. So I think it might be almost, again, that convenient timing, you know, for the NFL that they can probably just dodge the issue altogether because you won't really have as much production around the national anthem the way you used to. So they kind of, you know, the NFL gets lucky again because the timing of not only these issues, but also of the pandemic happens way before NFL season. I know it leaks into some of the, um, you know, voluntary off-season workouts and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, or at least it's going to start leaking into that now. But yeah. the NFL gets lucky, like always. You know, they luck out from all of this, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be it'll be an interesting year for football. Right, and w- one thing I want to say is just, like, real quick, um, I think Goodell mentioned something about, like, I wanted the team to, like, pick up Kaepernick or whatever, you know, as a backup or whatever may happen, you know. So, like, uh, you know, if he's sincere about that and not just trying to save face, like, I can respect that, you know, even though I'm not a big Goodell fan like you guys. But if he's if he is sincere about it, like, cool that, that he didn't mention that, you know. I agree. You know? I hope and, you know, it all comes down to sincerity. It all comes down to you mm-hmm. have to actually, you know, back up your words with your actions. So, Right, right. We'll see, man. Um, I, I'm not too I'm, – I'm, you know, hopeful about the NFL and the NBA. I'm not too hopeful about baseball. Uh, you know, the, the word right now is that the owners, players are so far apart. And I think that the timing of it couldn't be worse. You know, you've got baseball already kind of feels like it's on life support. It's, you know, the average age of the viewer is now 57, whereas I think a decade ago it was like 50. So it's not like the the sport is getting younger, you know. And right now the biggest issue is that the players are kind of kind of getting duped, you know. There's kind of a – they're getting hoodwinked a little bit from the owners. Now all of a sudden get kind of get you with uh, prorating their salaries or not prorating it. But, you know, I think they, they need to find a way to figure it out and try to revolutionize the sport. All this to be – all this being said to say that baseball, I feel like if it doesn't happen, I won't care as much. Like, I want it to happen. I won't care as much. And that's sad because, look, I'm rocking the Yankees gear today because also on the docket we're talking about the cheating scandal. But, you know, wanted to start off with just kind of that preamble with – Baseball needs an injection. No pun intended. What do y'all think? <laughs> Yo, actually, pun intended. Because, like I was saying uh, earlier about the uh, 30 for 30 uh, or whatever, it was uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, or whatever. Yo, yeah. we need to go back to Roy's. Like, seriously. That was the best year of sports for me. Not we need to go back to Roy's. I started watching everything. That, that was the best year of baseball. Hands we we got to go back. We got to go back. Yo, Mike, all right. Remember, this is kind of off, to- off topic. This was hey, speaking of, look at game. the jersey I'm wearing. Yo, yo, man, muscle man. <laughs> you know where yeah. I stand on it. You know what I'm saying? Yo, you know what I'm saying? Yo, but anyway, yo, remember that time we're at Minute Maid Park? 
you and Earl, I think Earl's dad or something like that. Yeah. That y'all were like uh together and shit. And like me, Chase, and um Greg were like up somewhere, somewhere else or whatever. We're like, yo, let's like meet up or whatever. And we like meet up and then like I don't know why, but like I, Greg was like, yo, all right, we go leave, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I remember this, yeah. Whack. I was like, this is whack, right? Barry Bonds comes up to bat. Number right? 70. His number fucking 70. Bro, I'm like in the concourse. I just hear, Rah! I remember that. And I remember and Earl was talking this. shit. He's like, oh, Chance Love, what an idiot. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to see. I, I don't know. Like, I know that was history. It's cool to say I was there when Bonds hit 70. But I, I will also say I like seeing history not happen. Um, one example, if I have such – I don't really care about Bonds. I don't – I'm not a fan, but I don't dislike him. Like you said, look, steroids, everybody was That's using it. Cool. It made the sport better. But um, what, what was interesting, though, is I had uh, – I was there for a, a Rangers-Astros game back in 2012, 2013, something like that, and you Darvish mm-hmm. was pitching. And he had eight and two-thirds of a perfect game going. And I remember right around the seventh inning when he was, you know, still perfect through seven, Astros fans switched. They turned. They were rooting for the perfect game. And I remember I was like, man, y'all fair-weather-ass fans. Nah, screw that. Like, I don't want to see a perfect game. I want Houston to come through. I don't give a shit. I want them to break that up. Came down to that last at bat, and sure enough, I think it was Marwin Gonzalez hits a little bloop single to break up the perfect game. I that was probably one of the top five biggest celebrations I've ever had. Not top five memories, not top five sports memories. Obviously, it was like a 60 win team, but as far as how I celebrated, you would have thought they won the World Series then just because go Houston, Dallas, you know, like sorry, but that's how it was, you know, that's kind of how it still is to a lot of you know, a certain extent, but. That was just a funny memory I had from history, and I was all about the home team over uh, letting history occur. But now let's dig, let's dig into the Yankees because I know y'all y'all have plenty of thoughts there. Let's let Brandon start with this one, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my thing is, you know, so y'all know I was like I, I did spring train. I was there like in the thick of it for the whole Astros. Uh, science stealing scandal. I was there for the for the you know for the bullshit apology that uh, Jim Crane got criticized for. I was sitting right there. Um, this was before we right before we started social distancing. So I was in the locker room for all of that. And so like I can just tell you like right now it was so weird watching the coverage and like being there at the same time, like watching it on TV. You know what I'm saying? And like being there at the same time and and like just being in the thick of like the historic part of it. And so now with the Yankees, I feel like it's, it's going to be swept under the rug so much so because it's playing out in, in the courts yeah. and, like, in places that people don't really traffic. Like, people don't read court documents. They don't read uh, uh, complaints, plaintiff's complaints and motions and, and, and judgments. And, like, people, people don't really follow that kind of stuff to the same degree that they do like the the, the, the the personal shit, the press conferences and spring training and, and like, and then this whole thing with baseball, like to your earlier point about whether they have a season, it looks like they, they probably will have a season or not, or like they probably will have a season. But it was at one point, like 
maybe even this time yesterday, I feel like, we didn't know if they would even have a season. Right. So it was like we had gotten this news about the Yankees, and it was like we ain't even had no baseball season to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn. You know, like right as we're being introduced to the baseball season, the spring training, you got Jim Crane fumbling over his words. You got, you know, the Astros looking like, I don't, I don't know what, what to tell you. You know, I was just trying to, you know, hit the ball, you know, whatever. You know, they just like, this is what we do over here, you know. Like, they kind of just, just kind of stuck. And then the Yankees, the Yankees just get to kind of, you know, fade into the background. Kind of just get to get swept under the rug, make it like this wasn't happening. But the, the one thing people were saying that nobody had time for at the time because we were so focused on the Astros was that it's not like the Astros invented invented something here, you know, like right. they might have been the only ones doing the, the that that trash trash can banging shit. Like they might have came up with that. <laughs> yeah. Like but like as far as trying to get over, that's one thing you can rely on baseball to do. Oh, is yeah. to try to get over. They gonna you know I mean? baseball is gonna always try to get over. If it's a way yeah. to get over, they gonna do it. So you can be damn sure that it wasn't just the Astros or just the Yankees for that matter. It was probably several teams going. Well, and it comes back to just baseball. Like you said, you're always working to get a little advantage. You'll have people that lick their fingers or pine tar on the ball. Like, that shit is all in the game. And you don't hear about, you know, scandal or drop everything, the integrity of the game when that shit happens, you know? I I mean, I guess the elaborate nature of banging on trash cans and potential buzzers and shit like that, I mean, that – that invites a little bit of like, you know, conversation. A little but, different. I mean, still in signs, like if if somebody's obvious with their signs, you got somebody at second base, they're gonna be trying to tell the batter what the pitch is. Like that's always gonna happen. If you're, you know, that much of a fool to show your hand, like that's gonna happen. It happens in poker, every sport, you know. But, you know, think about even batters. You have the batter's box. As the game goes on, they dig in deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, so that they kind of hide that line. It makes it a little bit harder for the ump to tell whether it's a strike or a ball. I mean, all that chicanery happens in the game. Yep. I'm all for whatever makes baseball more exciting, you know, because yeah. it needs that, you know. And then, like you said, any kind of sport, any kind of game – you're going to try to get an edge. If nobody calls you on it, you're going to try to get an edge. I didn't really give a shit when the Astros did it. You know, I was like, I'd laugh at it, you know, and I thought that the trash cans thing was a bit ridiculous. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, baseball needs help. So I'm all for, fuck it, let's go full wrestling with it. I don't care. Dude, all right. So, look, here's my fucking idea, right? So wrestling in the shit. Right, Vince McMahon lost so much money on the XFL. He's been losing money on the fucking WWE because it's been shit for like 15 years. MLB, it's going to shit, right? So you put those two entities together and you have Smash Ball, right? So it's like, like kind of like basketball, but like it's like wrestling ball. You know what I'm saying? So you know what I'm saying? You can like you get the option to hit the ball with like a steel chair or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you can smack your get a you know whole like, theory. Yo, I'm telling you, it will fucking work. You know, you do promos. I was thinking more like 
not like literal like wrestling in it. I'm thinking more like the wrestling <laughs> rebrand, you know, more like get like the theatrics and everything. Like I'm talking about like I want to have the best players on the league, like Mike Trout, um, you know, Mookie Betts, whoever, walking out, having this shit come on. Wait for it. Oh, it's good. time to play the game. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to hear this shit the moment, like, they come out there, right? That's my favorite wrestler of all time. I want to see – I want to hear that, and then I want to see all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, somebody running oh, in from center. Jr. Jr. <laughs> That's to be JR, though. You got to have JR calling the game, Joe. Man. I mean, it needs Yo. something though. It at least needs like the theatrics of wrestling. Like, give baseball some kind of, some kind of life support, man. For sure. Hey, For sure. you know what was uh, you know what was what was kind of cool that they were doing. I'm trying to remember. I think it was like before the coronavirus really took off, like the early part of spring training. You had uh, you had some of them mic'd up, and there was like there was like one of a uh, of uh, I think it was Mike Rizzo. With the with the Cubs, where he's like basically giving you play by play commentary of his at bat, and I remember and, this. And then and then at some point in the at bat, like or or I say at some point the at bat ends with him getting a hit. You know what I'm saying? And so like you hear him talking through right. him getting a hit, like like in live action. And then at some point, uh, I think he even like made a. Uh, I don't know if it was the same at that, but like in this whole experiment, at some point he even made like an Astros trash can banging joke, you know, like that shit is hilarious. Like, and like, you know, we had this, this perception that none of them had no personality and that they're all boring, but it's because we don't know shit about them and we'll never hear them say anything. So it's like, if you let them actually, truth be told, they're actually way more interesting than baseball would have you believe. So if they, if, if they, if they showcase their, their personalities a little bit, then, then maybe you could attract that younger audience, and it wouldn't just have to be a uh, three-two pitch. And oh, it, man, he's got such a hell of a curveball and favorite metrics. And oh, here's the shift. And like, we don't really, we don't really care about that shit on a uh, on an entertainment level. Like, if you want to get academic baseball nerdy shit, that's one thing. That's something to do on your own time. But like, the production value of it and the marketing value of it. Like, give me your personality. Give me your like. You know what I'm saying? Give me. Give me the shit, man. Don't give me, don't give me this boring, same old, same old, you know. And I, I think they were onto something before, you know, COVID kind of came through through a wrench in everybody's game. But, but like, but I, I think there was something there, like just a little bit more access, kind of like how the XFL was doing. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the NFL was on its way. Exactly. I feel like uh, I remember this. This was like probably one of the last days I was at the gym before all that happened. And I remember it was like a Friday afternoon. I think it might have been the same game you were talking about. I remember Rizzo and I remember like the Braves. So it might have been like Braves, Cubs, something like that. Um, I don't remember the teams involved, but I do remember they had the mics on them. And I think initially it was something I hated on. Like I think initially I was like, man, this is stupid. Like I'll be pissed if I'm watching the Yankees, somebody chasing down a fly ball and they screw up because, you know, they're distracted. But uh, but I yeah I actually ended up liking it. I thought it was really cool and it was a nice wrinkle. It's something they never do, man. So try to do something different. Now and another thing, um, like you know, with uh baseball, like you know, watching it on TV and actually like being at a game is two totally different experiences. 
two totally different experiences. Yeah. Same thing with any other sport, but I mean, they are polar opposites. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you could watch a, a basketball game on TV, and you could like go to the second half of the game, and it's like really not not much of a change. Right. But you do the same thing with baseball. Like, say, you know, you watch the first like three innings on the fucking uh, you know, first three or four innings on TV, and then you go to the game, dude. You're in a whole nother world. It's like super exciting and everything there. Like, if yeah. they could kind of bring that experience, like, to the television audience in some type of way, like, I mean, make it more dynamic in, in some type of way, like, then it would it would shine because baseball is a fun fucking sport. It's fun to play, fun to watch when you're there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it. I don't know. It has to be, like, more dynamic and shit. Well, and baseball is also – it's so boring, though. You start talking to, like, even the people, like, in your row. Yeah. Like, and you know what I'm saying? Like, so well, that that's makes it fun. Like, that's what I'm curious about how this is going to work because the best part about going to the baseball game isn't really the baseball. It's, like, the hanging out with the people, getting the hot dog, you know, chit-chatting, yeah. shooting the shit. You know, like, it's more of a social event than it is, like, yeah. watching sport, you know? And, like – I, when I watch it from home, like when I watch, you know, good teams play and it's exciting and it's engaging, you know, then I'm focused on the actual like sport and the strategy and all of that. Right. What it Most means something. Time, like if it's just a regular season game, doesn't really matter who wins, you know, yeah. I'm just there hoping for home runs, you know, unless it's like, you know, playoff race and like every win counts, but. Usually I'm going to baseball games in like May, you know, beginning of the year when it doesn't even really matter. So, right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope baseball works out. Them. Yeah, exactly. I hope baseball, you know, they work it out and they have something and they're creative with this too. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens with baseball. Bring back Royce. Bring it back. Hey, hey, real quick on that point, man. I'll say this. Too. Like what Chance is saying about bringing back Royce, it sounds like a joke, and and it, it's it's hard to like really regulate that. But let me tell you, let me tell you, man, when I'm watching that dot and I see how Mark McGuire rips the cover off the baseball, like dog, and I'm sure all of us, so all of us watch baseball, right? You know, I watch baseball, so I've seen a dude hit a baseball and like been like, oh shit, that's gone. But like, I don't react like, whoa. He just ripped the cover off the baseball. Right, right. Like, but, like, when you watch Mark McGuire hit a baseball, more importantly, when you watch Barry Bonds, the best baseball player of my, that I ever saw play, when you watch him rip the cover off of a baseball, the shit is different. It's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. actually entertaining. People Dude, want that's why that. the Astros two years ago, that's why they were so fucking, like, great. I mean, they were fucking cracking shit, bro. Like, just left and right. They're all nine guys. Like that plate, like that, we're up to bat. We're cracking them shits, bro. Yeah. And like that shit was fun. Bring back I, the I was. Balls. I would actually say like the last two years, actually in the league, like was actually pretty good for hitting. You know what I'm saying? I would agree. I would agree. Like balls. It, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Bring the Roy's back, man. Make it wrestling. I'm Make wasting. it wrestling. So last thing I have on the docket. It's just a short note, sad note. Um, we recently talked about Chuck E. Cheese. In a in a recent episode, basically they're, they're going under yeah going as Pasquales on Grubhub trying to make some sales. Well, the reason being 
they are going bankrupt and shutting a lot of stores down. So, I mean, I'm not sad because I wasn't like a huge customer of Chuck E. Cheese. My childhood is sad because I did go there quite a bit. But wanted to give a shout out to them. You know, we talked about Pasquale's in a recent episode. But, Brandon, how many times have you been to Chuck E. Cheese in the last couple of years since you, you're a father? Bro, I, I probably can't even tell you. I probably can't even tell you. Like, like if I like if, if, if when you talk about rioting and looting, like like that's that's who that's who I wanted to get rioted and looted. I don't want nothing bad to happen to nobody, to no people. But if we're talking about just straight property damage, straight property damage, Chuck E. Cheese, I'm here for it. Burn <laughs> the damn Chuck E. Cheese down. Burn that motherfucker down right now. Hey, get the pizza. Loot the pizza. Get the pizza out that motherfucker. Let's get all the clothes. Hey, I guess I guess the coins and shit don't matter no more. We can take the toys and shit, take them home to the kids, donate them to charity. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever we want to do. Let's loot all the shit out of there, all the goods, and burn that place down because <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. I man, it's, it's look, it's just too convenient. It's oversaturated. I don't know if we don't have enough options to take the kids to, or if Chuck E. Cheese is just too goddamn reliable or what it is, man, but having kids ranging from right now ages three to ten, bro, <laughs> I've been to Chuck E. Cheese way too many times, way more way more times than a human should have like ever been to Chuck E. Cheese. Huh? That's like three or four times a year. Well, yeah, like, God you forbid. Think- and God their friends' birthday parties too. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. God forbid that they have their own birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, but then at least one or two of their friends gonna have one throughout the year at Chuck E. Cheese. So you are gonna go at least a couple of times a year, at least. <laughs> yo, yo, My- we talked about this on uh, I think it was the Pasquale uh, pod or whatever. Um, so that was the one where yeah, uh, Sammy Fitch or whatever. But me and Mike went to Peter Piper three times in like one week. I remember <laughs> we just that. Going back. We were just eating that pizza, man. We were just going hard on that pizza, bro. That pizza was dang. Yeah, man. Save, save, save the pizza, burn the building. That's what I'm saying. That should be that should be somebody. Save the pizza, burn the building. That's all I got to say about that. Makes me think I do the right thing. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's literally like the, the you know. Like, <laughs> that is literally the plot. Of we might as right well call thing. this episode Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing. <laughs> Headline. Now. Uh, all right. Well, hey, that was an awesome episode. You know, really just covered all the recent events. But look, it's been a busy week, man. It's a, it's a yeah. busy world. 2020 was, is, man. We're not even at the halfway point yet. But Brandon, remind everybody where they can find you, man. At Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, at B. Scott from Hiram Park on Instagram. It's the B Block Podcast. That's on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout. And if you follow those social media channels, you can always uh, get the new episode. We do it. We're starting to do it twice a week now. I'm getting a little bit more uh, uh, time and, and ability to do it. So, um, and, I, and I feel like this urgency to get more episodes out, man, because there is so much to talk about. Even though sports are not are not live right now, the the story right now is how everyone is handling the coronavirus and like how we how we get back 
whether we get back, whether we do it too soon, whether we do it the right way, a lot of second guessing. Um, and, 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 you know, of course, a lot of what's going on with, you know, with, with the racism and, and with the streets, man. So, like, there's just a lot to be tended to, man, a lot to talk about, a lot, to, a lot of layers to peel back. So, doing all of that, y'all get with me, holla at me, and, uh, yeah, man. Definitely good to have you on. Of course, always want to have you on again. And we'll, uh, we'll have to come crash your podcast sometimes, too. Yeah. Coming like a wrecking ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, listeners, viewers, all you people, say happy birthday to Mike. It was all right. Birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, dog. I appreciate it. Happy belated. Happy belated. belated. Hey, we didn't <laughs> know, bro. All our birthdays are kind of kind of close. Is Jock, Brent, y'all are like a day. Uh, Brent, are you nineteen or twenty one? I always get it mixed up. Twenty one. Twenty one. Hey, 20. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Your 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 birthday's May twenty first. Yep. Mine's May twentieth. That's funny. That's probably why. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was supposed to be yeah. born on June fifteenth. But you got July one. Yeah. But hey, oh they, yeah, real, real soon, nigga's man. birthday. A real nigga's birthday was yesterday. Tupac's birthday was yesterday. Uh, Today, Kendrick. Kendrick, yeah. Gemini. Uh, Gemini's. Uh, Biggie, Biggie, Biggie's birthday is on mine. Is on the twenty-first. Uh, so I share that. Matter of fact, matter of fact, uh, fun fact. I share a birthday with Biggie and Mr. Big, like Ron Isley. <laughs> oh, Isley. Mr. Big, how you doing, Mr. Big? Another fun hey. fact. I almost shared a birthday with Malcolm X. This is May nineteenth. That's right. Yep. Whoa. Uh, Already, I share a birthday with uh, Pamela Anderson <laughs> and Missy Elliott. Hey now, <laughs> Missy Elliott. I share a birthday with Cher. <laughs> actually, Cher is on the twentieth, I think. <laughs> Do you believe in love? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Already, oh YT, YT gang. Get the others on. <laughs> Wait, oh, man. we appreciate hey. y'all. We'll give all our shout outs. Chance, I know you want to get some. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll shout out, um, shout out to everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, y'all follow me on IG, Instagram. Oh wait, that's the same thing. Twitter, uh, everything. That nigga chance. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know who it is. Y'all know who it was. Uh, yeah. Bye, peace. Hey, and shout out, to, shout out to like my shirt right now. I don't know if y'all see this, but it, like, I finally got my shirts in. The uh, okay. the, yeah, the, the Pierre style save the queen. I'll show y'all the back later, but. I'm very excited about this right now. You know what I mean? It feels nice. It looks nice, you know? So, like, I'm going to put up some more pictures, of course. But, yeah, it's my shirt. My shirt just came in. Yeah, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at purestyleclothing. And then my website should be on there as well. And, you know, to stay tuned for, like, the latest updates and everything. We'll throw some links in the next newsletter. The way you can subscribe, <clears throat> go to therep.network slash newsletter of course that's on the website the rep.network most importantly go subscribe on youtube uh make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify everywhere you listen to pods and find us on social media at the rep network tune in next week for episode 37 and don't at me see you hey hold on real quick hold on hold on pause